It's that time again. Let's talk purpose live because who you are is important to what you do and where you are going. Now for your host, Lisa Schwartz. Hey, everybody. Good morning, BP Daddy. Good morning, Facebook. Good, good to have you here today. And today, exciting topic. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is a big one. Do you want, want me to give you a drum roll? Uh, the traits of healthy relationships. Yay. Whoa, how did you know that? <laughs> she Breaking has news. Inside scoop, inside edition. So if you're tuning in with us this morning, we would love for you to share this show to your page and um, share all the goody, good, goodness that's going to be happening today and get wise on your relationships. Brittany. Yes, ma'am. You know. Our sponsor, Moretti's Gourmet Olive Oils and Popcorn. There yes. they are. Ta-da ding. Good friends of ours, um, Jeremy and Trudy Moss. So you actually made a request on the last show of what you would like to taste. You probably do you remember? Um, did I I did I say truffles? You said a truffle, but you actually asked for a specific mint. Yes. You asked, yeah, look at her. She's like, Yay! <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay, so we have two things to taste today. Okay. I'm going to pull it out. Da-da-ding! I actually even asked for a napkin today, too. Oh, nice. So we have one of their um, Christmas flavors, and this is one of their popcorns. So popcorn here. This is their dark chocolate mint cookie. Look at, look at. Oh. You guys don't know what's happening. Oh. He's like, I'm not here. Um, so we have our dark chocolate um, mint cookie popcorn. So you're going to get to taste that. Okay. Look at your face. Looks. I've like... never had mint in my popcorn. Well, yeah. <laughs> Prepare to be bedazzled. <laughs> Prepare to be bedazzled. Okay, so this is one of the flavors here. Uh, I, I need to get everything shared. I don't know how people do this so fast. I feel like Jonathan Cook makes it look really super easy. Yeah, I'm uh, trying to So, find. you know, we're like, oh, trying to get everything shared while we're eating the popcorn, while we're crazy. sharing, while we're entertaining you all. Um, so I'm going to get this shared to my wall. My personal wall. Can I dig in? Am yeah, going? please dig in okay. while I'm doing that. Make sure you crunch really loudly. In the, oh, yeah, because we want to know that this is fresh. Oh, my gosh. Do you like it? Mm-hmm. It this is, is bad. I mean, it, it's good. It's bad in a bad good way. Bad for me. Okay. Um, so. Okay, going back. Going back for more? Mm-hmm. All right. It's caramel. Wait. I think it's caramel popcorn. You think it's caramel? Okay, so wait. I have, we have the inside edition. I don't know if Taylor can get her on camera, but hiding behind the staircase is my daughter, Mariah, and she actually works at Moretti's, and she is nodding oh, yeah. her head, yes, because she helps make these flavors. So, Mariah, this has caramel on it. Is it caramel coating? It's caramel popcorn. Yeah. Okay, so it's caramel popcorn, and they drizzle dark chocolate and mm -hmm. mint on it. Does it have any salt on it? Because you know how I, I feel about salt. salt. I don't salt. Taste the salt. Look at she's just keep going in for more. Is this my bag? It, it, oh, absolutely, you can have this bag for sure. All right, I see we have about twenty-two people watching us live oh, wow. so far. So if you are watching us, um, if you would give us a hello, give us a wave, we want to acknowledge you. You're just gonna hear me crunching. Oh, I, is that me? <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was me. <laughs> okay. Uh, again. Uh, Where's that you know, audio coming from? <sighs> Taylor, fix it. It's like a e echo. Okay. So we have one more thing for you to taste. So you wanted a truffle. Yes, ma'am. So there are several different mint truffles. There okay. is mint cookie crunch. Okay. 
milk chocolate Swiss mint. Okay. But what we have in this little nugget of a bag is dark chocolate Swiss mint. Look at her. Look at yeah, her. You oh, saved the best one for last. Okay, so I brought a knife so that we can cut it in half. Oh, because we have to share. Um, we don't have to share. I kidding. have pretty much tasted totally everything in the store. I just didn't know if you wanted to eat the whole thing right no, here. I do not. On the show in front of everybody. No. Okay. No. All right. So um, if you have never been into, look at the presentation on these two. I'm going to make sure I don't touch the actual truffle. Um, so let me get this in the camera here because this is beautiful. I love just how attractive these are. It is. Isn't that amazing? All right. So um, look at her. She's clapping. I'm She's like, like give me. Okay. Here, you want me to cut it? Yes. Oh. You... It's oh. too hard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you cut it. Oh, no. I'm going to let you cut it. So you like the popcorn. I love the popcorn. Last month we had more. Look at you. Look at this. I don't know. Maybe they had it in the refrigerator. Just take a bite Just out of it. Bite. Just go for Just it. Okay. Make sure you zoom in on her oh, when she's taking a bite of this truffle. It's. I feel like it's going to I go have everywhere. terrible service over here. I don't understand what's happening. I can't get anything to load. Just FYI. Um, let me see if I can get it on my phone. All right. Good morning, Stephanie Ray, who's with us this morning. I can hear you. Yes, that's amazing. Good morning, Chelsea Johnson. Um, good morning, Kathy Canella. Mm -hmm. Jennifer Schumacher. Hey. Christina Marie is with us this morning. Emily Miller is with us this morning. Sharon Watts is with us this morning. Stephanie Ray, Tammy Murphy. Here we go. I'm getting service on my laptop now, too. All right, great. Um, let's see who else is with us. Uh, yada, yada. Did I get everybody from all my helpers? Tammy Murphy. Okay. Awesome. If you're with us this morning, if it's you me. would, that was you. <laughs> Where's that noise coming from? We, we need to get better at, at working. Y'all, we're not IT people. We are just public, public, public profiles here. That's all we are. Did you really get a bite of this? I did. Oh, it's, it's hard to bite. What is happening? It is. Oh, wait, can, can we get it going? She took like a nibble <laughs> off of it. Um, so a nibble off of this. Okay, so we had the dark chocolate mint cookie and then the dark chocolate Swiss mint truffle from Moretti's this morning. So y'all, look up Moretti's. If you have not ever gone there, you can actually look them up online. You can order from all around the United States, and they will actually ship baskets for you. That's what we've done for some of our family members the last couple of years for Christmas. Is I've just gone out and gone in and picked like a couple different flavors of popcorn. They have coffee. Moretti's is listening. Ah, good morning, Trudy. Um, look at the nibble yeah. that she took off. Did you see? <laughs> Uh, we think maybe you need to softly, softly and gently microwave these next time because it was pretty hard for us to cut through. But was it worth the bite? It was amazing. And it's like so rich and good that like I could just eat on it all day long. Yeah. Like, it's not something you could just pop in your mouth and be done with. Yeah. No. It, well, actually, what we do is we go there and we pick like three or four different flavors because you can get little boxes of them. Right. And then we take them home and cut them like in fours. And they're just like a perfect like after dinner whatever because of course everybody wants to taste a different flavor all the time mm -hmm. so um all right sean caitlin is actually texting me saying i see you <laughs> so <laughs> caitlin i'm having a hard time multitasking do not text me in the middle of this um sean getsky is with us this morning sean getsky is actually one of our newer counselors biblical counselors at crazy Eat ministry so congratulations to her for finishing her 
um, oh, certification sure. program. I know. I'm so excited for her. Trudy said next time she'll set it out the night before. <laughs> we do like that it's fresh, though, Trudy. All right. So today we're going to be talking about traits of a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And we get to go into my favorite book. Is this your favorite book? Well, okay. So To Love and To Be Loved was my favorite book. And then when Enforcing You came out, I was like, <gasps> I think Enforcing You just took the lead. But okay. guys, I went back and I started reading To Love and To Be Loved again because it's been years. And, and? I'm, I'm, I'm back at number one. I'm back into it. Okay. So what do you think is sticking out to you the most? Um, because as we grow... Like, I think you can go back and read this all again and reevaluate all your relationships. Yeah. I mean, it's been, I don't remember when you wrote this. Has it been three years? I think it was 2017 um, that I wrote this. Yeah. It's been a few years. Let me see. The publishing date is in here. Copyright is 2017. Yeah. 2017. I wrote one in 2018 and then 20, no, 2019 and then 2020. And there will be a 2021. Yeah, okay. I, t- I told she you I was working it. on 2021 goals. goals. So that is one of my goals is to write another book. I'm not really sure. I think, I, I think I'm going to write, I think. If I say it, then I can't unsay it, right? That's right. Can I change my mind, though? Okay. Is there permission to change my mind? Yeah. If the Holy Spirit shifts yeah. things, I will change my mind. Okay, so I, um, I feel as though I'm going to write a book on um, containing his character. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically talking about the character of Christ versus the works of Christ, um, and which is kind of a big deal for me um, because, you know, I, I obviously operate in a lot of the manifestational gifts, and I believe in the anointing, and I believe right. in the importance of us operating in healing and deliverance and, and the speaking in tongues and all of those things. Mm-hmm. However, I think if we trump those things over the... I, I didn't mean to say trump. <laughs> you notice how I slept that in there. <laughs> if we trump those things in... <laughs> Just speaking that out there. Uh, if we if we make those things, we need to slide over to the news here. <laughs> Do not. We we saw real quick. We saw a flash. That's the power of first oh, mention right there. Just a subliminal. Um, <laughs> anyhow, <clears throat> I digress. So if if those things become more important than the actual character of Christ, and so you know, I, we we've heard. I, th- I think it was uh, I think it was Ronald Reagan actually that said that your gifts will get you to the top, but your character will keep mm-hmm. you there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably been repeated throughout the ages, but it's one of my favorite sayings because I do believe that a lot of times because the gifts are you know, they're glitzy, they're glamorous. It's what people see. Mm -hmm. And character is something that you just have to hold to. And sometimes it's often unseen. It's just something that you know. And you can tell when a person carries character. Right. Um, And they can operate in gifts, but you can tell when there's no character behind it. And so I think um, sometimes, um, especially for somebody like me, who really you see operate in the gifts of God a lot, um, I think a book that kind of backs it up and backs up, backs you up and says, but where is your character? And, and are you containing or are you carrying? Are you growing? Is your capacity filled with the fullness of his person and his character? So it's a pretty passionate topic for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think, I think, I think that's what I'm going to, um, write on. So, well, but I would love people's votes, you know? No, I, I vote that one. You do vote that one? <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about that uh, one. So, I like that message. Yeah. And I believe that was the podcast episode for last month, October. Yes. Um, I had preached on containing his character. So if you want to hear a little bit more about all of that, um, go to my podcast and listen to that. But today. Today. Healthy relationships. Now, I have a book and a study guide that I would love to give yeah. away. So 
Brittany, tell us how somebody can win this book and the study guide. Okay, to win the To Love and To Be Loved book and study guide today, you have to like our show. You need to share the show. And we need you to tag two friends in the comments. Oh, that's a lot. But I feel like people it, can do it. It's a process, but it's an easy one. It's a process. <laughs> <laughs> it's like life. <laughs> it's a process. Uh, wait, I, I need to tell you that Janae Searles is watching. And I love, Janae, thank you, because I think I have pointed you out before. She watches a lot of our stuff, and I think I always say Searless. And she said Searles rhymes with pearls. Okay. So I Searles. I take back every time I've ever, ever called her Searless, and because it's Searles like pearls. All right. Containing his character is one of my favorite messages I've heard you preach. Mm. Stephanie, I think you were there live when um, I preached that, I, if I believe... I, f I feel like I've tried to, anyways, I, I, I might be confused, Liz, you might want to keep an eye on my comments as well. I, I've, I've only, I've got the same thing up twice here and I, I just don't want to mess with it anymore. I just want to talk about the message. Please help me, help me. All right. So today we're going to talk about healthy relationships and we're going to talk specifically about the traits of healthy relationships. Now, let me back up and tell you a little bit about why I wrote this book and why it's so important because of what we do with crazy eight ministries as a biblical counselor, as a biblical life coach, a lot of people, one of the common questions is, hey, what's the number one thing that brings people into your housing program? So we're talking about people who are homeless, people mm -hmm. who are in poverty, but also um, people who come for executive or business life coaching or people who come to me just for counseling, whether they're within Crazy Eat Ministries or they're coming to the private practice. And it's crazy to, crazy to me that the number one thing um, that we end up dealing with the most and having to work on with our clients, whether they are, again, residents in our housing program or it's a business executive life coaching situation is absolutely establishing healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. And of course, most people think, oh, people are in your housing program because they don't know how to do their finances or they don't have enough funding or whatever, um, or they are a recovering drug addict. Um, but even what we have found is people who end up going down the path of drugs at the core of that somewhere along the lines, they had an inability to establish healthy boundaries and relationships that took them down that path. Domestic violence, same thing. Um, when we're in the, in the workplace, the number one thing that tends to stress people out, cause them anxiety is unhealthy relationships mm -hmm. in the workplace. I don't feel emotionally safe. Um, we hear a lot about psychological safety in the workplace. I've been able to speak a lot on psychological safety um, in the health field, in industries, those kinds of places, and it still always goes back to healthy relationship. Yeah. And, I mean, this is Let's Talk Purpose. So, like, my question to you was, why are these healthy relationships vital to walking in purpose? Yeah. So when you think about, first of all, our purpose, part of our purpose and our design is to be connected, to feel a sense of belonging and to, um, f again, to feel this connection. We're created, we're designed to connect. We're designed to walk in relationship first and foremost in relationship with God. Um, but if we don't have, if we don't feel a healthy sense of connection with somewhere across, across the line of our life, then, then our life feels very incomplete and very dissatisfied. And that is a part of when we're talking about, let's talk purpose. Like what is the purpose of our design? Number one, um, I feel a sense of belonging. I feel connected in a, in a healthy manner. Um, and so that's absolutely how it connects with our purpose. That was a great question. Why, thank you. That was a great question, Brittany. <laughs> 
So when we're talking about, so one of the reasons why I start this book by talking about defining relationships, I really had a hard time with how to organize this book because mm-hmm. the, the, the section of establishing healthy relationships is talking about in part two, how, um, how do we connect in a healthy manner to God first? Then how do I feel a connection to myself second? And therefore then I can um, connect on a healthy manner with others around us. And so while a lot of people come into counseling or coaching and they feel like all of their issues are about a relationship with a person, we always kind of pull them back and say, this really starts with you, your relationship with God and how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of jumping to the second half of the book. Um, And so I I say that to tell you, like, it was difficult for me in writing this book because I really wanted to jump to that section. But I think you hear me say a lot of times, like, we don't know what we don't know. Right. Right. And so I wanted to start with God's design for healthy relationship, because I think a lot of times we think our relationships are as healthy as they could be. But then when we really begin to take a look at the scripture and God's design for healthy relationship, if we're honest with ourselves, I think there's that opportunity to say, ooh, maybe I could be doing better. Yeah. And like when I read this, I I didn't have any idea what a healthy relationship, all I had to go on was what my experience was, mm-hmm. what, you know, what my parents look like, what my family looks like, um, growing up as a kid. Yeah. And you know, reading this, I'm like, oh, like there's, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of places where yeah. we're falling short here. I think a lot of times people think, well, I don't need this because I don't have any dysfunction in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Brad and I did a marital counseling class years ago and it was called making your good marriage a better one. And I was like, oh, okay, that was attractive to me because we didn't f- we didn't feel anyways that our <laughs> relationship was broken. Um, and so I-, I would love to challenge people to say, like, this is this is a great way to make your good relationships better. Right. Or make your good relationships into godly relationships. Mm-hmm. Because, again, we don't know what we don't know. So you're right. Like, we have that frame of reference is how we've always experienced relationship. And we assume this is this is healthy. Yeah, this is And it, it might is. not be. All right. So, uh, good morning, Elizabeth McLaren, all the way from Cincinnati. She's from Cincinnati, not Kentucky, right? Y'all, I got to get them <laughs> straight. Cause they, they really do like, that's a big deal. If you're from Cincinnati and you say you're from Kentucky or vice versa, they just stare at you. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, my hometown where you would say like, you're from Sterling or Rock Falls. If you got it wrong, it was like, Ooh, it's like West Side Story, you know? Uh, all right. So let's go into healthy relationship. Um, and I'm just going to kind of go through just step by step here. So um, what we want to remember is that scripture says that um, perfect love drives out all fear. And so fear is kind of always that um, the, t- the barometer by which we kind of test the temperature of a relationship. If you feel or you sense fear in any relationship, and while most people are immediately are going to start thinking physical fear, we're talking about just even emotional fear or fear to say no in a right. particular situation. So we're going to be talking a lot about fear and, um, and how fear um, keeps us from stepping into the fullness of a healthy relationship. And of course, we know the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, there's liberty, which is the opposite of fear. Right. You know, so... Trait number one, each party feels freedom. Each party feels freedom. So I just kind of discussed that a little bit. Um, And again, the Bible says that a fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. So a lot of times we might not think, oh, I don't feel any fear. But if I were to say to you, 
um, how many times or how many, anybody who's listening that says, well, I have to go to lunch with this person because if I don't, they'll be mad. Well, it's just easier to, to do X, Y, Z because I don't want to poke the bear. Right. And you don't feel that freedom to say no. Mm -hmm. I think of when the husband comes home and you're running around doing all the things in the house to like do the cleanup and everything. I, I consider that working out of fear. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it can be working out of reverence or respect. Like I know this is what my husband loves. And so I want to be pleasing to him. Um, and so we don't necessarily know what the heart of the, the matter is or the, the motive of the situation, but absolutely. I think that there's more fear that comes into play that we're willing to recognize. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So trait number two, each party feels safe and secure. So when I talk about, uh, safety, we're not just talking about physical safety. We're talking about emotional and mental safety. Um, so, uh, I I think it's Brene Brown that talks about the power of vulnerability. Yes. Right. You, oh, BB. Oh, BB. That's where she's like, BP, daddy, yeah. not to be confused with BB. And we, we love Brene Brown. We'll give her a shout out. Um, but she talks about the power of vulnerability and how I have to feel safe to be transparent in my emotions. Um, I don't really know. I mean, I don't really know anybody who loves to cry in front of people. Like people are like, I just don't like to cry in front of people. I'm like, yeah, that's not nobody, a yeah. you thing. Like nobody, nobody does. <laughs> nobody does. Right. But if you don't have um, those few relationships where you feel completely and emotionally safe to be transparent in your emotions, have you experienced the fullness of a healthy biblical mm-hmm. relationship? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the question. Yeah. And if, I mean, you said re- relationship requires connection and to connect, we have to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't connect with somebody who's not um, showing you who they really are yeah. or telling you who they really are. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that's that's a hard thing yeah and Uh, I and that requires some vulnerability on both ends you know sometimes it's because that person hasn't cultivated um emotional safety in the relationship so for example if I feel like my children so it's just parenting tip 101 if mm -hmm. I feel like my children um are not vulnerable they don't open up they seem to clam up they never talk to me about how they're feeling and a lot of times parents will come in some regard a little bit accusatory Um, and maybe feel offended that their children don't open up to them. But the question is, what are you doing to cultivate emotional safety with your Mm. children, that your children feel free to open up even in the midst of maybe sin or disobedience, like even when they've done the wrong thing or they've made choices as a parent is my number one goal is my number one goal to make sure that my children feel safe to connect with me, even in sin, even in disobedience like this could be a whole topic in and of itself what about parents like um is there a place where we are vulnerable with our children I I love that question because I think I think that's how we teach vulnerability is by being vulnerable um and I think there's wisdom in that of course you know you don't want to be super you you don't want to cry on your kids and and like unload on them too much things that are heavy but I think when we it's important that when we do things that are wrong or when we're having a bad day or we're struggling I think it's healthy and I think it's good to say to your kiddos, look, I'm having, I'm having a day that's not my best um, and I'm challenged in whatever it is. Um, I think it's important that we apologize to our children when mm-hmm. we recognize we haven't done th- something right. And vulnerability is something that is cultivated and number one by your vulnerability. Um, if you were to sit here and start crying and sharing with me the, kind of the depths of your heart, it would open the door for me to feel safe 
to then be able to say, oh my gosh, I experienced that as well, or right. what have you. And so vulnerability in some regard um, begets vulnerability. Now, we also need to recognize that sometimes that can work in a negative um, spin as well. We use the terminology a lot of times with our residents when they're having a bad day or whatever. We talk about how they how they like to pass the kitty around and have everybody pet their kitty and mm-hmm. hold my kitty and, and, and coddle me, right? So there's a difference between um, connecting with somebody where they're at and in being able to feel vulnerable to have a conversation and sitting in a pit with somebody. Right. Right. And, um, and erring to the side of self-pity. So there's a fine balance there as well. But to answer your question directly, I think that parents um, should be a little more vulnerable with their kids because I think that's teaching our kids. If we, if we want to look like superwoman or superman with our kids, that's not teaching our kids that life is difficult. Right. And mom may have a smile on her face. Um, but I, I could be having a bad day too. Right. Um, and I think that's, that's true. And I think that's how we teach vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Cause then they grow up thinking that as to be a mom, to be a woman, that you're always strong, that there, nothing bothers you, that you never have a bad day. Yes. And then they feel like they're doing something wrong when they experience the opposite of that. Yeah. It's total, a uh, performance based I have to perform in front of my children, and therefore what I'm teaching my children is in order to be accepted, in order to be loved, you have to perform perfectly, Mm -hmm. and you have to be perfect, and you can't ever have a bad day, and you're not allowed to cry, and you can't have a breakdown, and you can't get an F on a test, and you can never fail, and so we're doing our kids a disservice when we're not willing to be open and transparent with them, even in our failures, even in our shortcomings. That is one of the best things we can do to teach our kids and to cultivate that feeling of safety, Mm. so... Great topics, great topics. If you guys have any questions, please put your questions in the comments. I see lots of people sharing and tagging, which Ooh, is good. They want that book. Yeah, they want that book. Um, the right side of the river is Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christina Marie says, so she's, I see, you can see that they are, um, but but Elizabeth uh, is saying she doesn't really care. It makes no difference to her, so they we love it. red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So trait number three, each party owns up to their part. And I'm going to kind of connect this to trait number four, which is repentance is normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is, this can be really difficult, right? Um, because nobody, nobody really likes to admit when they're wrong. No. <laughs> you know, it's funny how people make comments like they're the only person like, I don't really like conflict. I'm not really, a con-. I'm like, nobody likes conflict. Um, except for maybe if you're an eight on the Enneagram, you like, you know, you're the challenger and you like healthy, I do like healthy tension. Um, I like a good stimulating conversation, but I don't like conflict. Right. right? Yeah. Um, same, same thing. Like nobody really, it's not in our, it's not in our natural carnal man to admit our faults. Okay. In our spirit man, our spirit man is very humble, is very confident in who we are in Christ. And therefore we can quickly, confess and repent our weaknesses. I mean, the Bible says that our weaknesses, that his power is perfected and, and that our strengths come out of our weakness. When we come into a place where we're confident in who we are in Christ, it becomes easier to own your part and repentance mm-hmm. becomes normal. Okay. So a lot of that we go, I go more into how do I get to this place, right. right. In the second half of the book. But again, for the purpose of being able to, to, in some regard, kind of gauge the temperature of your relationships. And y'all, I'm not just talking about marriage relationships. I'm talking about your relationship with your children, your relationship with your boss, your relationship with your coworkers, your relationship with your neighbor, your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, whoever it is, in that place, in that relationship, does each party own up to their part and is repentance kind of normal or is it super awkward? Mm-hmm. 
right? And so, and that can be really, really challenging, but, but I think it's necessary. Um, I think it's necessary in a relationship. I, I didn't grow up with this. Like this, this is a hard one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I can see, um, man, I was like, you'd really have to be in a, a godly relationship to, to be able to do this yeah. and not it not be used against you. Yes. Yes. Or, you know, yeah. And, you know, I'm glad you said that because in every relationship, every person in the relationship plays a part of the personality of the relationship. So I like to use the every relation, you and I, our relationship has a personality. Mm-hmm. My relationship with Liz has a personality. My relationship with Taylor, we're developing a personality, right? Because I'm getting to know him more. Bye. <laughs> The reality is you and I both play a part in the personality of our relationship. And so when I'm wanting to kind of redefine or kind of jerk, yank, drag a relationship into a healthier status, the only thing I can do is be, um, to be accountable for my own actions. So that means I might be, I might be called or repentance might be necessary, or I may feel compelled or convicted to confess more, um, gosh, I didn't do this right. I, I need to, I need to confess that or, um, and and repent. Um, and so in, in my natural man, man, I'm expecting you to say, oh gosh, you know what? I probably could have done something better as well. And, and I'm, 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 I'm expecting you to kind of mirror my comment with a similar comment, but that might not happen. Mm -hmm. And this is where that confidence in Christ has to be so important. Like we have to say, listen, repentance isn't about you and I. Repentance is always about me and God and where I'm standing and how I'm feeling. I have to live in my own skin, right? And I don't want to um, have that continual angst going on in my own heart. Um, And so I think that's where it becomes difficult um, when we're trying to establish healthy relationships is because at the end of the day, you can only control your own actions right. that's all you're accountable for right yeah it's like it could be met with you're right you did do that wrong <laughs> <laughs> it could be met with that and you have to be confident to say cool yeah you're right mm-hmm. I did do it wrong mm-hmm. and 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 you can come to a place where that it doesn't matter I tell people all the time like there there's a level of maturity when you are growing in your relationship with the Lord where you can say I'm willing to be wrong mm-hmm. it's a whole nother level when you say I'm willing to be wronged mm-hmm. You kind of rolled your eyes on that a little bit. Um, But it's very freeing, really, because really what I'm after is I just want to feel free to connect with people despite how they respond to me or act around me. Yeah. I just want to feel that freedom. I don't want to have fear in a relationship. I don't want to have fear when I walk into a room. I want to feel free to be me and know that some people are going to love me and some people are not. And that's okay. And why am I okay with that, Brittany? I'm okay with that because I'm okay okay with God. (laughs) Yes, because I'm okay and I know that God loves me, right? Right. All right, so Elizabeth McLaren has says, or repentance is non-existence. I think she has a comment somewhere around here. Um, I think she's talking about repentance. I don't know what she's saying. Um, Or repentance is non-existent. Okay, so she's saying not normal or it's just non-existent, um, which is... All it, it is uh, amazing to me when I do marital counseling. Sometimes I'll go through these traits and they're like, I can't remember the last time one of us apologized for anything. Oh, yeah. Um, which I, that just seems it seems weird to me um, because it, it feels very freeing to confess places where you're working and to be able to freely say, hey, I could have done that better 
or I was wrong when, will you please forgive me? It's just super freeing. Y'all should try it a little bit more. <laughs> so, um, all right, open communication. A relationship should make room for open communication. And again, th this kind of goes back to all the things we've been saying. But when we talk about open communication, it means I'm free um, to have an opinion that's different mm, than you. Right. Right. Now, do, that's big right now. We, yeah. <laughs> we both like, <laughs> you know, on. Do we need to flash it again? <laughs> flash Fox News. There it is. <laughs> but like, I mean, let's be honest. We're living in a culture where we aren't free to have an opinion. Mm -hmm. I mean, they call it social media, but when you put your opinion on social media, you, you could be banned, right? Um, you could be flagged, you could be whatever. Um, and so uh, that's a problem. I, and I think it's a problem in our society. Um, and I think, um, it is, it is causing kids to live with fear. I, one of my kids came home yesterday and I was like, there, there were two kids in our school today that were wearing Biden shirts. Can you believe that? Gosh, you talk about, and, and people were like, he, and he was like, I felt bad for him because like kids were making fun of him and they were yada, yada. And he's like, but you know what? They shouldn't have worn those shirts. And I'm like, hold on. Mm -hmm. That's their right to wear a shirt. And, and yeah, they probably, they probably knew what was going, right. what was going to happen or whatever. Maybe that was the choice they made. But to say, oh, you shouldn't wear that shirt because you're going to be ostracized, made fun of, is saying you should operate in the fear of public opinion mm -hmm. um, and more concerned about the perception and the opinions of others than having my own opinion. Yeah. And it's, it's really sad. Yeah, because social media feels like I either have to make a choice there, I, I am going to communicate openly and suffer the wrath, or I'm just going to shut down. Right. And not do anything at all, post anything Correct. at all. Which is both. Both. I mean, it's fear. two opposite yeah. ends of the, instead of saying, hey, we, we can, we can sit at a table together and we can feel free to disagree. And I have had conversations with people, difficult conversations with people where they've called me and say, we need to talk about this. And I have said, okay, we're going to talk about this. And I think there are going to be some places where we strongly disagree. So before we go down this conversation, can we agree that at the end of this conversation, we're still going to respect each other and love each other. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of set the tone in that manner um, because I'm not going to just agree with somebody because I fear not having a relationship with them. And the reality is that's a part of reality. Yeah. You know, and we're not called to be in relationship with everybody, but we are designed to walk in freedom. And that, and a lot of times we put our desire to have a relationship above our design to walk in free, to, mm -hmm. to live freely and to be free. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the challenge that we often have. We see that in marriage. We see that in the workplace. We see that in a lot of different places. Um, and, and what that is doing is it's squelching our design. We're putting our desires and our fears above our design, and we will never feel totally satisfied. We will never live life completely, fully fulfilled as long as we're not living in the fullness of our design. Mm -hmm. So that's the challenge I have with that. Okay. You look like you have all kinds of revelations going on. No. <laughs> okay, next one. Each party believes the best. <laughs> I've heard you talk about this recently. Yeah, I have a hard time with this one. Okay, tell me why you have a hard time with it. Well, <laughs> because, you know, there are times when people have wronged you over and over and over again. And there's that part of you that says it's wise, it's wisdom, it's logical to whenever they say something, I, I, I'm going to ding, ding, ding. Nope, you're lying, you know, or something mm -hmm. like that. Instead of believing the best about them mm -hmm. in love that they could do the right thing, that mm -hmm. they are telling the truth, that they yeah. 
Yeah. And I think you, the key statement there was that you could. And, and the key to this is really looking at people according to their God possibilities and their God potential instead of according to their behaviors. Um, and so when I, when I'm called to believe the best in somebody and say, now that doesn't mean I'm not going to walk in wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean, and again, I, we, I tell people all the time, you're called to love people. You're not called to necessarily be besties with everybody. Right. Um, but I can love somebody and believe the best in them because I believe that there is a God seed in them. Um, and when we often speak the reputation over somebody that they're going to live up to. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm, um, and so it, it's, it's a very, very powerful thing. Um, when we choose to believe the best in somebody in, even when they're not being the best they can be, uh, but I, I believe that's how the Holy spirit then begins to challenge that person because we're loving them according to who they are in Christ instead of what we're seeing in them. And isn't that how God is with us? Thank God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She's like rolling her eyes yes, like yes. next one, next one, next <laughs> one. Um, but it is difficult. Um, and I say that to my kids all the time, your only job here as a child of God is to believe the best in somebody. And if they're lying, that's between them and the mm-hmm. Lord. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. have to affect me because the reality is when somebody is lying to me, who's, who's, well, I mean, hopefully maybe the liar is, um, is convicted in their heart and they're conflicted in their heart. But a lot of times when somebody lies to a person, the person being lied to allows it to affect them to the point where they're like, oh, 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 and they get all this mental and emotional energy. And I'm like, dude, that's not your issue. You know, you get to, you get to love this person. You get to love this person. You're not called to hold them accountable. You're not called in any form or fashion to basically be the, aha, I got you in their life. So it's very freeing. Again, I'm after freedom. I'm just right. after freedom. I just want to live in my happy place <laughs> in the woo-woo. <laughs> Take me to the woo-woo. Take me to the woo-woo. All right. We got a book through here. All right. So each party seeks to understand first. Just classic 101. Seek to understand the other person first before you are understood. Um, I think that if we went into every relationship and we're having a conversation or we're having um, interaction with somebody, a lot of times when we're having a conflict, our goal is, I need you to understand how I'm feeling, right? right? And even when that person's talking, you're waiting, you're like, yeah, waiting. you got your answer formulated in your head. <laughs> yes. Instead of saying, oh, I want to understand before I seek to be understood. Um, I think most people watching would probably be like, yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> But the question is, are you actually practicing mm-hmm. it? And, and I've kind of gotten to a place where I'm like, I don't completely understand this person. So I'm going to hold my opinion until I understand them first. Um, and so I've learned to basically say, I'm not sure I'm understanding what you're trying to communicate. Or I'm not sure I'm understanding what's going on in your heart. And so I feel like I have this response, but I don't want to respond to something that's less than true about what's yeah. going on in you. Um, and I think that's giving that person permission to really discover what's going on inside of them. I can see them. I can see them. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I think that is giving them, um, an opportunity to, to really just self-discover what are they feeling and thinking? Because a lot of times people are mad at us, right? And they don't know why they're mad at us. So when you say, help me understand what's going on in your heart, what's, what's happening right now, they'll be like, a lot of times people don't know. And so it really kind of helps them identify what's going on in their heart as well. Yeah. And that is seeking to understand in that moment and not sometimes I think we understand based on past offenses or past circumstances. Mm-hmm. We, we try to like fill in the gaps 
with our understanding of what they're saying. Yes. You know, and we're like, I, I know what you're saying because I know how you've acted in the past. Yes. And I love that you brought that up. And so we inadvertently kind of, um, again, speak a reputation over that person. And mm-hmm. we subtly manipulate what they're trying to say into what we think they should be saying. Right. Or filtering it through their past, right? right. Uh, we talk a lot about that law of first mention, you know. So when we first encounter somebody or if they've done something in a, in a past, that law of first mention becomes the filter through which I filter every interaction I have with that person from mm-hmm. there on forward. You know, mm-hmm. I use this as an example. That's why when we go back home and you're in your mommy's house, you have a hard time cleaning up after your own dishes <laughs> because the law of first mention is like, oh, I'm a child and my mom picks up after me, even right. though I'm now 40 some years old. And I pick up ever myself all the time. You're not, she's like, I'm not she's 40. like, just to clarify, <laughs> I am not 40. I am 40. Brittany is not. I am 40 something. All right. So lots of people watching. Amy Sanger says, oh, that is so good. We are called to love people, but not necessarily be besties with all people. I, th- I, I, um, I find it very freeing to say to people, and you've heard me use this example a lot. And if y'all are listening and you've heard me doing this to you, please do not be offended. But I will tell you, I eat a meal very rarely with people. Um, people will say, do you want to go to lunch? And I will say, well, let's do coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, because I take very seriously who I'm going to sit and be in covenant with. Um, and, and because I take relationships seriously, I think they need to be cultivated. They need to be nurtured. And I'm in a season of my life where I don't have a lot of time for a lot of that. Right. And it's really not about, um, what I need from people. It's what can I bring to the table, if you will. And so I am very intentional about who I actually sit at a table and eat a meal with. Um, so that's just for me personally, um, but it's kind of based on this, like, listen, I can get together with you and we can have um, conversation and we can have coffee, but I don't know that I'm called to sit at a table and eat a meal with you. And um, that's just for me personally. So take it or leave it, y'all. <laughs> All right. Mutual care. Um, this is exactly what it says. Mutual desire to care for each other should be normal. It's not just one person doing all the work and the other person receiving. Right. A counselor. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, neither party feels taken advantage of, which is um, kind of goes along with the same thing. Uh, basically, you shouldn't feel like you're being taken to the cleaners, uh, like one person is carrying all the weight, um, whether it's true or perceived. Mm-hmm. Because um, a lot of times people will say, well, she does, he, he does, uh, she does all the work or I do all the work and he does nothing. And whether it's true or it's perceived, there's a level of mishealth. Uh, Is mishealth a word? Unhealth. It is now. It is. (laughs) Thank you for that. There's a level of unhealth there. So we're not just talking about the reality of your relationship, but also also the perception of your relationship. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes people come in for marital marital counseling and... typically it's the woman who is like our marriage relationship is awful and the husband's just sitting there just stunned because he thinks everything's wonderful i mean he's perfectly happy sitting in his recliner every night drinking his beer yeah he has no idea what's wrong with her Mm. um and so that's an extreme example of course but um the extreme example is then on the opposite end is that women are very hypersensitive to a lot of things and so he can look at her funny because he stepped on a rock and she thinks he's mad at him right and um and so but but perception we have to realize that somebody's perception is their reality that is their truth mm-hmm. in a moment um <clears throat> i have six children and they all have a completely different perception of their childhood which is, int- and sometimes I'll hear them making comments and they're like, what? That's not how that happened. And they were in the exact same room. Yeah. 
So it's funny you're laughing because you're like, oh, geez. <laughs> uh, y'all, just so you know, all of your children will need counseling and it's not your fault. Yeah, I've just come to that conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I'm It's just, okay. They'll get counseling. It's okay. It's okay. That's all right. We have counseling for you as well. I, I cling to the fact that Eli was a good enough priest that he could take up Samuel, but yeah. apparently something, his yeah, children, his kids, his, his kids were, mm-mm. so I, I don't know. Okay. So <laughs> characteristic, uh, f- another trait is I'm, f- I feel free to say no. So we've talked about that a lot. Uh, yes. I don't feel trapped. I don't feel stuck. A lot of people come in and they're like, I just don't have any options. I don't have any choice. Again, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So if I say, so what I hear you saying is you have no options in the situation, but you do. Somebody's making you feel like you don't. And, and again, that's not always the other person's fault. Mm-hmm. You play a part in the personality of that relationship. Freedom to disagree. Uh, we talked about that. Yeah. Um, each party feels celebrated. This is a good one. It is a good one because I think at best, uh, we have learned how to tolerate people. And then when you're like, I'm such a good Christian because I tolerate irritating Susie. Um, but God doesn't just tolerate us. He celebrates us. Mm. Um, and so this is, I, I like this one because this is where I get to jab at you and saying that if you don't feel an honest, genuine sense of celebration for all the people that God has brought into your circle, you need to, you really need to, um, investigate your own heart with the Holy Spirit. Mm. because there's something about everybody and and y'all I'm not saying I'm perfect that I'm never irritated by people or I don't catch myself tolerating people but I should be bugged by that and I am bugged by that because God doesn't respond to people like that there is a nugget there is a beauty there is a point of celebration in every person and if we again taking my ownership and a lot of times we might be like well if she would just stop talking she doesn't realize she talks about she butts in she right but i play a part in what i'm feeling right now in my relationship with that person um and so and again we'll talk in the next one we're going to go into setting healthy boundaries and and the traits of unhealthy relationship on the next show um and and so we'll go a little bit more into that Um, but for now, I want to challenge each one of us to say, man, has God truly designed me with the ability to celebrate all the people around me? Mm -hmm. And the answer is yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that celebration doesn't necessarily mean parties and, you know, correct. Jumping out of planes or whatever. (laughs) We jumped out of a plane. (laughs) That was a big celebration. That was a huge celebration. Um, but that, you know, you just... You know, you speak over people when, whenever they're doing well, you know, they or they've made a small, they communicate a small victory in their yeah. lives. You know, it's yeah. like you, you come alongside yeah. them and say, oh, that is amazing. You yes. know, I'm. And most of the time people are annoying because they want your attention. Right. Right. And right. so if we just stop for a moment and say, what does this person need from me right now? Again, help me understand. And I don't have to actually ask that person. I do, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, help me understand this person's heart right now. And what is it that they're needing from mm-hmm. me? And um, if I can shift from how I feel about this person to what is this person really needing from me right now? What do they need to hear? What, how do they need reassured? How do they need to feel loved? Because mm-hmm. everybody in a moment wants to feel connected with, accepted, and loved, right? Because it's the greatest human need. And God wants to use you to cultivate that feeling in others and so when somebody's calling me, and, and I get a lot of not-so-nice phone calls. I mean, as a founder <laughs> of a ministry, I get a lot of not-so-nice emails. And I and my flesh wants to react and wants to defend myself. 
but the spirit man in me says, what does this person need? Like, what is this person really needing? What's the, what's the cry of their heart right now? And how does God want to use me to help bring um, some balm to that wound or balm to that need in that moment? If there's a true connection and healthy relationship there, would the person um, be more likely to say, here's what I need from you. Here's how I would like to be celebrated. Yeah, that's good. Here's, you know. That's I've, good. I've, I've, I came across that like yeah. a couple years ago being like, um, with my birthday, I'm like, yeah, that's I good. am, you know, divorced. I have, my kids are young, so there's nobody there to celebrate with me. So you've been telling my friends, I'm like, Hey, I, I, I want to be celebrated on my birthday. Yeah. You know, I want to do, let's do something, yeah. you know, yeah. and just having that freedom to say, this is what I need. Yeah. That's good. I love that you brought that up because again, every, every, both people play a part in that. I've had to, uh, my husband is not super, the older I'm getting, the more I appreciate that he's not super aesthetically driven, right? Mm -hmm. So if I get a new hairstyle or change my hair color or whatever, he's probably not going to notice. And so I will have to say to him, hey, I got my hair cut today and I think it looks great, but I would love it if you noticed it. Mm -hmm. And and he'll be like, okay, cool. And he does. And that that's okay with me. Like, I'm totally okay with that. Um, but I've had to say, just the other day, I was like, I kept talking and talking and talking. And Brad was, and I was like, okay, what I really just need from you right now is to validate how I'm feeling. Because then I would just stop talking. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> husband, sure. Husband, that's your tip 101. If your wives just keep talking and talking and talking and talking. And you're like, I'm being a good husband. And I'm sitting here and I'm listening. And I'm holding back all my advice and everything I want to be saying to her. If you just look at her in the eye and say, babe, I validate how you're feeling. I understand why you feel that way, she'll probably just be like, (laughs) and she'll probably stop talking because really that's what we we keep trying to plead our case because we're trying to validate our own feelings Mm -hmm. and our emotions, no matter how ridiculous they are. Emotions can be ridiculous, um, but they still need to be validated Mm -hmm. because they're still an emotion. Nonetheless, that doesn't mean you have to agree with the emotion or agree with why she or he is having that emotion, but still validate that emotion. That's a free tip. Oh yeah. Free tip. Always validate moms validate your children's emotions Mm -hmm. it may be the most ridiculous thing and do not laugh at them when they're crying do not tell them to get over it um you have to say hey i validate that you're feeling anxiety right now um and i'm sure that's a difficult place um help me understand what brought you and and always you know always kind of start with i want to validate that you're feeling or what i hear you saying is you're feeling depressed right now and I'm going to validate that that's a real emotion. Mm. And I'm, I'm not sure I'm understanding what brought you to that place, but I'd like to understand. Mm-hmm. Great way to approach a conversation with your kids. Mm. Great way to, we, we need to have, we will have a whole talk show on parenting. Oh, yeah. I, I think it would be fun to have two or three moms in here with That'd us where we just have kind of a table talk of our challenges, particularly with teenagers. Um, because I think it's a little bit of a fad right now that teenagers are going, having a lot of anxiety, depression, social anxiety mm-hmm. is a big key, we, uh, a big key code word right now. Um, uh, disassociation is a code word. It's interesting how teenagers will come to me and say, why well, I, I have disassociated disassociative disorder. And I will say, who told you that? Yeah. Right. Well, I heard about it in my psychology class or whatever, or my friend has it. Um, and so they are self-diagnosing themselves. And then what are they doing? They're speaking, speaking their reputation. Yeah. yeah, they're speaking their own reputation over them, and they're coming into that. All right. Last point, no jealousy. No jealousy. Um, there is nothing. Y'all, I cannot believe how many adults are weird about this stuff. Like, come on, grow up. Yeah. Well, especially within 
friendships. I yes. Would say, like, it's super weird. Yeah. Super weird. I don't have time for that. Like it's jealousy isn't is a suck you dry emotion. Mm-hmm. And if you're jealous of somebody, it is not affecting the person. Oh yeah. Um, it's only affecting you. Now it may affect the person in that they feel it. And now they operate in fear around you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't go to friend. I can't go to lunch with Liz and not invite Brittany. Cause Brittany might be jealous. Like, mm-hmm. is that why you want to be invited? Because people know you're that girl. <laughs> you're that lady that gets jealous. So be confident in who you are. Be confident that you're loved by Christ. And if you get the love, of people, that's a perk, but it's not your sustenance. Oh, yeah. That is really the key. So I think we've made it through. Which one of these do you think is the hardest for you? The hardest? Um, oh, goodness. I put you on the spot. I know I did. I know. I know. <laughs> Kathy Canella says, jealousy is the dumbest emotion. <laughs> It is the dumbest emotion. And, and I, y'all, we would kind of be, we, I I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I have never, I never feel it. Um, but, uh, when you're feeling an emotion that doesn't give you the right to sit in it and act upon it, like you can have power over that emotion. And, you know, I love, and you hear me say all the time in Mark 16, where it says I can take up serpents with my hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, Passage isn't talking about picking up snakes and handling them. It's saying I can take, I can handle any emotion instead of that emotion handling me. Right. And so I can take up that spirit of jealousy and say, okay, jealousy, I don't want to be handled by you. I want to handle you. I I want to handle you. And I want to decide what I'm going to do with you. So just because you feel an emotion doesn't mean you have to become the emotion. Hmm. Should I say that again? Yeah. I would say like the, the feeler shouldn't become the feeling. Mm -hmm. The thinker shouldn't become the thought. Okay. Um, and so it's the idea of saying I can have an emotion, but the, I'm not, I am not becoming the emotion. So that goes back to the, I am statements. Don't say I am jealous. I am depressed. I am angry. Mm-hmm. You can say I am a child of God. I am Lisa Schwartz, whatever, whatever tripped your trigger and I'm struggling or I'm feeling emotion. I'm feeling anger or I'm feeling jealousy or I'm feeling, but I'm not the feeling, right? That's not my identity. It's not who I am. So just some super fast quick tips so yeah. now i cut you off what was your most difficult no, i'm not i'm each, not you're not off the hook each party believes the best each party believes the best that's it i think i'm that, a very logical person and i think that um by nature we have a sense of uh wh- and i was just talking to somebody about this the other day our world teaches us a lot about fairness right mm-hmm. everybody gets a trophy because it ha- that's what's fair yeah. but y'all the word fair isn't in the bible Um, So there is no, it's all about justice and the justice is through the blood of Jesus. If you remember the story of, Hey, you get to work in the field all day long and you Mm -hmm. only work one hour, but you all get the same Same wages. Right. Um, Because if we, if, if God were not a just God, what would be fair is that we would all be going to hell. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not about fairness. And so I think that's what trips us up on each party or that we believe let love believes the best because we don't feel like it's fair that somebody's going to get away with something and we feel like we have to be the justice system mm-hmm. and we have to be the judge and jury in that person's life and really at the core of that we're not trusting god to work that thing out in their life only thing we can control in that in those situations is how will i respond and god says love chooses to believe the best love always hopes meaning i hope the best in you love never fails meaning my love is never is not going to falter is not going to be shortened is not going to be lessened every time jonathan walks by here he kind of smiles and winks <laughs> at me he's trying to distract me taylor 
Um, unacceptable. Unacceptable <laughs> interference. Um, and so really at the Speaking core, of interference, just kidding. <laughs> at the core of that really is I don't trust God to handle this situation for me and I need to do it. Mm-hmm. I need to hold this person accountable to me mm-hmm. because I don't trust handing this person off um, to the accountability of God. That's mm-hmm. a tough one. That is tough. It's a really tough one. All right. So today, what? how can people win the oh, book yeah. and the study guide? To win the book, you need to like the show, share the show, and tag two friends in the comments. All right. You have to like the show, share the show, and tag two friends. Now, we're going to take some time, and we will announce that winner afternoon. Um, but until then, uh, we're going to check out from Let's Talk per- Purpose, because who you are is important to what you do and where you're going. There we go.